1: About chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil,
0: zucchini eating, granola fruit bar. Yeah. Look at all this beautiful food.
1: Mm.
0: Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, oh boy, we've got, we probably, probably. Probably the biggest guest we've had so far on the podcast. Very excited. No offense to Padma Lakshmi or to Phil Rosenthal, but today we have Henry Winkler. He is one of America's most beloved actors and beloved human beings. You know him from Happy Days, Arrested Development, Barry, and so much more. Mr. Winkler, thank you for joining us. How are you? Very well. How are you? Fine. I I have an imitation of Phil Rosenthal. Please. (laughs) For those of you listening, uh, Henry just did the big, the big Phil Rosenthal teethy smile.
1: Yes, he uh, he gets very excited, um, but it is fun to follow him uh, on his adventures, isn't it?
0: It is. His show is one of my one of my favorite new food shows for sure. His daughter is
1: one of my favorite people. She helps my grandchildren. Oh, she is a like a, um, a an assistant teacher. Them.
0: Yeah, these these Rosenthal's—they seem like too nice. Like they're covering something up. No, uh, I I think it's insanity, but <laughs> it um <is. laughs> they are
1: the most lovely people, truly, true, and uh, brilliant.
0: Yes, they are fantastic. But we are not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about you. Okay. And we're here to talk about your your relationship to food and whatnot. I have a picture of your fridge here it's a little grainy but i can make out what we have here condiments a lot of condiments eggs a lot of eggs and coffee and coffee okay i guess we're done thank you so much henry for joining us and the the coffee um is from uh gotham roasters in brooklyn oh i'm not familiar with gotham roasters oh
1: my lord it's called brooklyn blend and there is a chocolate aftertaste an after note Ooh, and uh, it is delish.
0: Interesting. I'm, you know, I've I've resigned myself to the Nespresso people. Gotcha. I, I I know it's not cool of me. It's not hip of me.
1: You know what, though, there there is a um, an, uh, uh, I, I don't. It starts with a B, but in in uh, in New York on Twenty Fifth Street and Madison, maybe there is Italy. Yes, right, and they have many many kinds of coffee, and there is a chocolate layer, a coffee layer, a cream layer, and whipped cream. I, it's not called this, uh, but I want to
0: say biachi. Oh, okay. Yes. I know what you're talking about. It's, it's a layered, it's almost like a tiramisu of coffees. If it's you will. a tiramisu of coffee. My
1: wife and I, after we stand at those high tables and have the uh, charcuterie yes. and that brown bread, uh, we then have one of those and uh, fly all the way back to wherever they are hotel is
0: you know the thing i love about italy is that you can go there order a glass of wine and then do your groceries while you're while you're sipping on a nebbiolo
1: but i want to tell you that is one delicious place i mean uh, i i haven't been there in a year yeah Uh, of course i haven't been to my beloved new york in a year yeah but uh you know I, i actually there is a demarcation line between food and food in my life okay and it is getting married to Stacy before I met Stacy uh there was a tuna fish sandwich an ambrosia salad and um boxed wine white and red for visitors yeah. in my refrigerator <laughs> basically that was it really and it came from green blatts
0: on uh Sunset Boulevard and they still make a good tuna fish sandwich. And they have great wine, by the way. Their wine selection for a deli is unbelievable. Well, I don't drink. So
1: I thought I should have some wine that won't go bad uh, in a while for guests. You know. And, uh, and then because I, I had tuna fish on Wonder Bread pretty much five, four days a week. Uh, for four years in high school at McBurney School for Boys in New York City. Okay. Then on the fifth day, I would have bologna, butter, and Wonder Bread. Wow. Yeah. Henry, you've come a long way. It, it, it's, it's true. I did not know what food was until I got married.
0: Interesting. And... I can't imagine how many guests would come over to your home and then leave and be like, "Can you and call their friends? And be like, you're not going to believe it. We went to Henry Winkler's home, and he all he gave us was boxed wine. That's what he he's got. Boxed wine.
1: At boxed wine, I uh, I didn't even have cut carrots or celery. <laughs> you know, celery is an interesting thing because I always use um, even when I'm looking at a part, and I say, you know, it's like eating celery. There are no calories here. For me, there's nothing in this part that I would have fun. It's it's celery.
0: And then when you find a part that you want, you're like, whoa, this is the tuna fish sandwich I've been looking for.
1: Either that or some pasta from Vincente on San Vicente. Did you freeze? You froze. You froze, Dan. Oh, so sorry about that. That's all right. I froze. Yeah, believe me, I have done that so often, but mostly on stage. (laughs) Which is a uh, or John and Vinny's, which is uh, on San Vicente. Uh, both great restaurants and both really delicioso.
0: Interesting. So your wife is the big foodie, and she turned you on to it. Yes, I did not. I, I did not think about food. Uh, mostly, it was
1: tuna fish on wonder bread, and then at about twenty-seven, I discovered the wonderful world of delicious food.
0: Now I'm I'm surprised because I would think that when you when you did happy days you'd go out and you were super famous and people were probably trying to give you all the best things that they could offer the best foods and send you all the best things. It did nothing, huh? No,
1: I didn't I didn't really go out. Um, until Stacy, and then we went to Ma Maison, which was on, um, right in uh, Hollywood, right by La Cienica. Mm. And that was Wolfgang Puck's first restaurant. Oh, interesting. And then, uh, then he opened his own, you know, Mm uh, his own restaurant right above Tower Records on Sunset Boulevard. Right. And I did his first layout for People Magazine. He invited me to come. And so he is my most wonderful um, celebrity chef. I know uh, I know some others. Uh, you know, uh, Nancy Silverton is pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, she's fantastic. She runs uh, Moza and all those wonderful restaurants. Yes. I do think Wolfgang Puck doesn't get enough credit for being the, as revolutionary as he was to American cuisine.
1: Well, let me just say, when we went there, uh, it, there was nothing on the menu that was not superior. And now, uh, you know, all these years later, it's still... A, a delicious meal.
0: Yeah, that's what blows my mind, is that if you go to Spago, it'll still be one of the more cutting-edge meals that you will have in the U.S., and the guy's been doing it forever. I mean, he does not rest on his laurels. No, he does
1: not. He He's, he's innovative and uh, fantastic.
0: Do you see yourself gravitating towards people like—because I, I see similarities in Wolfgang Puck's career as in your career, where— you just kind you you evolve perfectly with the times and you don't really rest on your laurels do you think do you gravitate towards people like that is that a thing that you look for in people
1: you know what I, I never thought of it that way i never thought of it that way i don't know actually i i you know what i gravitate toward people who need to do what they do mm. like um uh bruce springsteen needs to write and sing mm-hmm. Randy Carlisle needs to write and sing, Sia, uh, Bruno Mars, you know, musicians, I have a, um, I, that's when I get tongue-tied, actors, same thing, people who just don't fall into, um, into California, and, and become an actor, people who Need to do what they do.
0: I love seeing that in the food world because you can taste it. You can really feel it in people's foods. And you can taste it. You can also, the, the reason why I think Phil Rosenthal's show is so great is because you can feel his infectious love for. You
1: know what? You're exactly, exactly correct. What is, this is amazing to me all the time. The, the same ingredients are available. To everybody. Mm-hmm. And then there are those people who can take that ingredient and make it into something that fell from heaven or
0: schmutz. Schmutz. I don't, you know, <laughs>
1: just nothing. Yeah. You know, it, uh, this is not a cheeseburger. Right. Oh, my favorite cheeseburger is the burger joint in New York City in the, uh, in the, um,
0: Oh, that that hotel, of, uh, Park, Mer- Park 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 Meridian. Meridian. Yes, I've been there. That's a great place. It's like secret in the back of the. It's like a speakeasy burger place almost. Yes, it's behind velour curtains. It is absolute.
1: I I have tasted burgers everywhere. The same way that I've had black and white cookies, and there is only one black and white cookie in America, and that is at Bee's Bakery, mm-hmm. right off of Ventura Boulevard. Um, Reseda Boulevard, and uh, it's on Clark. It's better than New York black and whites? Yeah, better than any black and white I've ever had anywhere.
0: Wow. I feel like like I've never had a black and white that I've been crazy about because the doughy part always seems a little too dry to me.
1: Ah, a fresh Bees Bakery black and white will change that forever. Really? Yeah.
0: All right. I mean, and I'm not kidding. That's not hyperbole. That just is true. I love the passion with which you now speak about food. Well,
1: it's true. You can't go home again. I mean, once you know about the greatness out there,
0: Yeah. you know,
1: <laughs> you can't. Uh, now, my dream, my dream when we can travel again is to go to Lyon, France. Okay. Just walk up and down the street and eat in every one of those restaurants.
0: Wow. Yeah. I think Lyon might have one of the highest concentrations of Michelin stars in France, isn't that where I? Th- I think that's where Paul Bocuse got started. Exactly
1: right. Yeah, and then in Italy, there is, and I I don't know the name of the town. I want to say Moderna, but that is the that vaccine. is the vaccine. <laughs> it's Modena, Modena. 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 Yeah, there is a supposedly a chef there with. Uh, he's married in a, an American woman, who is supposed to be like um the the holy grail of a tang.
0: yeah that's massimo Boturo. his restaurant okay. is uh, osteria franciscana that's where i would like to go can i tell you something i went there on the day that it became the number one restaurant in the world and it was magical it was life-changing it was an amazing experience i did have a funny experience though where i was with my girlfriend at the time who was a chef and we were on to like the ninth course of like 15 and it was a risotto and the risotto, I tell you, Henry, this is objectively was undercooked. Oh, wow. Well, then I ask you a question. This is the dilemma that we were facing, which is a restaurant that just got named the number one restaurant in the world. Right. Do you return a dish on the day that they are called the number one restaurant in the world?
1: Oh, I think the day, the day doesn't matter. You are, a uh, you are a, a customer you mm-hmm. are uh, and it is their job you can mention that you know what I'm just saying we've just had 15 courses unbelievable I think there's something off about the risotto. I
0: think you can say that.
1: There is an art.
0: There is an art to returning a dish, I feel.
1: Well, I think you do it with warmth because right. lo- I, I forget a line. Right. I'm on Broadway. There are no retakes. And I have totally um, forgotten what I was going to say. Right. So it happens to every human being in every art form. You know, uh, we here the great thing about being on television and especially doing uh, Arthur Fonsorelli all those years ago, I received the Italian Emmy, which is uh, the telegato, the the, the, uh, the black cat or the silver cat. And we were traveling around Italy. And then we went to Switzerland. And we went to Freddie Day at the time, was the chef. And out of 20 points, I think he had 19. Mm. And I'm telling you, that was in 1980, maybe? I remember every single taste. Oof. It's like the French Laundry. You know, the French Laundry up in, uh, um, outside of San Francisco, Napa Valley?
0: Yeah, Thomas Keller's restaurant.
1: Thomas Keller is no joke. That restaurant is very expensive, but I have never gone, oh my God, oh my God. Course after course after
0: course. Yes blows you away. I love it. It's funny. That that restaurant came up yesterday. I was interviewing uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and his favorite high-end meal ever was the French Laundry. Yeah, no,
1: I, I I agree with him 100%.
0: Do you like when you get recognized at restaurants or you don't like it? Is the service overly... Is it is it too much? The service? No,
1: I never am uh, worried about um, uh, the attention that is paid. Uh, there are times when... Sometimes a fan, when you're in the middle of a bite, maybe you could use some discretion. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I went up to Mick Jagger at uh, Matsuhisa here in, uh, in LA. Uh, You know, Nobu's restaurant.
0: Yes, Nobu's original restaurant.
1: Yeah, the original, which well, my wife and I have gone to on every anniversary for forty-two years. Wow! Except for this past year, but I went up to Mick Jagger before they were served, and uh, I uh, I said, um, "Oh, Mick," (laughs) because it was Mick Jagger. And this is what he did. He looked up from his meal, Henry, and I said, I'm going now. Just slink out of the restaurant. He's going to slink now. And and I felt better because as I was going, there were a group of businessmen who said, you just spoke to Mick Jagger. (laughs) Long conversation. Oh, we got into it, you know. But uh, I was, it was just so embarrassing. Just one word put me away. Oh, amazing.
0: The black and white cookie is not only delicious, it has a wonderful history. It was invented in New York in the early 1900s by German immigrants and was brought back to Germany by American GIs in the 1950s. The cookie was given the name Amerikaner by the Germans. However, that name was a nishnish in East Germany. Due to anti American sentiment, they changed the name to Amonplatchen, which translates into ammonia cookie. Just when you thought communism couldn't get any worse, cue ammonia cookies. All right, back to Henry. This is the part of the podcast where I like to ask my guests the same questions that I... This is going to be the same questions that I ask every guest. This is a, less of a rapid fire, more of a slow-burning ember. You can take your time with the questions. We'll start with what is your earliest food memory? Tongue uh, with baked beans
1: and mustard. My, my short German parents, we had tongue. Hmm. And I actually learned to love tongue. And then I went to Gitlitz which was on Broadway and 77th street and got a tongue and Swiss on rye with extra Russian.
0: I love tongue, especially in sandwiches. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's a, that's a, that's a good first one. Now for some strange reason, you're on death row. I don't know what you would have done, Henry. I can't imagine, but you're on death row. You've got your last meal.
1: Very tender pot roast with um, potato pancakes Sour cream, applesauce, and um, stew, uh, meat stew veggies, mm. or a bolognese.
0: Yeah, I'm sensing a pattern here. I'm sensing a pattern in your flavor profile, and I'm feeling that the, the Jewish deli is something you keep going back to.
1: Well, I just ordered, um, you know, in a few days, um, from this. Uh, from this discussion is Passover, mm-hmm. and Katz's Deli in New York uh, that has one of the great pastrami sandwiches on the earth. Uh, I'm getting the matzo ball soup from Katz's in New York.
0: Wow! Yeah, I you know I've gotten into many a uh, many an argument with my. I'm from New York, so I with my New York friends, I think that Greenblatt's. Pastrami sandwich in L.A. is my favorite pastrami sandwich I've ever had. That's because
1: your taste buds are are you know they're defying you. They are they're letting you down. <laughs> uh, now uh, the the lox, uh, you know Nova, yeah, uh, lox. They're not salty. The is is Zabar's is still the best. Now justa which is all the way in Venice, here in LA, has some of the greatest sourdough bread, but a, a lox that it might be the best
0: in LA. So who makes your favorite pastrami sandwich?
1: Uh, here? Just in, in the world? Oh, a Katz's Deli in, uh, on Houston Street.
0: Katz's, okay. And what is the best high-end meal that you have ever had? The best high-end meal I ever had
1: was I would have to say Freddie day in Sencil Peace uh Switzerland. there was another there were a Melisse uh the restaurant that closed here
0: yeah in Santa monica
1: was really good too. And uh you know what Providence here in uh in LA is extraordinary yeah uh, uh, the the foodie uh that we talked about Phil Rosenthal, took took me there when we did a pilot together.
0: Can you remember one of one distinct dish from this Swiss tasting menu that, that really blew you away? The cheese cart. Mm. The entire, this gigantic
1: trolley, double stacked, double layered trolley. Double decker. It had the, the hard cheese on top and the runny, delicious, stinky cheese on the bottom. And I... You know, you, you have either three or five with several assortments of bread. I had every cheese on the damn cart. I did. My bill was astronomical, uh, but it was gastronomical. It was amazing
0: you know there's a i think the reason that when when uh, we americans go to europe we go gaga over their cheese is they don't have limitations on raw milk like we right. do here they can make their cheeses with with super raw milk whereas ours has to be uh pasteurized yeah well
1: you know we live longer but we the, <laughs> <laughs> I know if that's true but the cheese shop in beverly hills oh it's, uh, good, it's uh, great beverly, uh you know it it, it they are very thoughtful about their cheese.
0: Yes, they are. Their cheeses are fantastic. Yeah. What is the best low-end meal you've ever had? This could be a street dog, a taco, whatever.
1: You know, there is um there uh, the 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 sliders earlier in my in my college life at White Castle. Ooh. The sliders were. And then there is in Atlanta, there is a tiny hamburger and it's a it's a chain Mm -hmm. crystal yes crystal the crystal burger and the white castle burger when you're hungry are um
0: phenomenal wow i would not you would not strike me as a white castle guy i love that yeah you've got layers you've got layers henry i do I do. i do Let's go to your favorite celebrity food personality. This could be a chef. It could be a host. It could be a whomever. I feel like you've already mentioned a bunch of them, but is there...
1: You know who I love? I love doing uh, Rachel Ray. I love doing Rachel Ray's show because when you are um, a guest uh, many times, and I've gone on her show for my children's books, Mm. she remembers all the details. And... um, The green room, when you are waiting to go on, there are treats from the stage kitchen in that green room that are mind-blowing. You never want to leave the green room. I don't care about doing the show. I just care about tasting everything.
0: You know, I'll say this, though. They better be good, Rachel. You know, you're America's sweetheart in the kitchen. Yeah. I I would want amazing food in the green room. Yeah. That would be bad if they if they weren't. But she is she you know I had I had a love-hate relationship with Rachel Ray, but it's turned to love love. She is such a charmer and it just seems so genuine. You know what? And you you
1: after multiple times you realize how genuine it is.
0: Yeah, cuz it, it, it I have a cousin like that, my cousin Tiffany, and the first time you meet her you think she's being fake cuz she's so nice. And then you realize, oh, no, this is really that person.
1: Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christine Thermopolis uh, had a, uh, uh, you know, she was a a member of the Channel 11 um, talk show here in L.A. uh, many years ago, funny, funny lady, loony. But as a chef, I have had some of the best meals I've ever had At her table in her house. Uh, Her husband used to be the president of ABC when I was doing Happy Days. And on her show, she made grilled artichokes with a kind of a Russian dressing, spicy Mm. Russian dressing um, and a bolognese that was...
0: To die there really is nothing more satisfying than a good Bolognese
1: no uh, there's a, a a woman and of course I've forgotten her name but she's a chef in Boston and she has owned oh she maybe I don't know I haven't been there for a while but it's uh, why I went to college but she had five five restaurants uh, five or six restaurants and her Italian restaurant by the harbor mm. had one of the greatest Bolognese. I've ever had.
0: Yeah, you don't forget a good bolognese. No, you don't. No.
1: And you keep looking for it, and you think, ooh, this is a good restaurant. I'm going to have the bolognese, and wow, that's disappointing. (laughs) Do you cook it all? Uh, You know what? I'm great at breakfast. Oh, really? And I make a great sandwich. What is your go-to breakfast that you make? Uh, Bacon. Okay. Get rid of the grease. Mm -hmm. Leave some of it in the pan. Make the scrambled eggs in the grease of the bacon. Okay. Usually and uh a, a a Thomas's English muffin, beautifully toasted. I mean crispy. Yeah. A lot of butter. Make a sandwich. I um I'm you know what? I'm sorry I'm gonna have to call this short because I'm gonna go now <laughs> and have one of those.
0: <laughs> I don't okay. blame you. That sounds like the New York deli egg and cheese. That sounds fantastic. Oh man.
1: Yeah. You know, uh uh, uh the uh, the egg and cheese is usually a sandwich uh, that I have. We go fishing, and I'm going to go on a vacation for the first time in a year and a half. Marvel. Idaho, hopefully. I'm knocking on wood now in May. And the morning sandwich is that breakfast sandwich, which is so delicious that uh, I can't wait.
0: Mm.
1: I can't wait for May 24th.
0: Just for that morning sandwich. Yes, that will be the first one. What other sandwiches are you a master at making?
1: Well, I make a great
0: tuna. Yeah.
1: Make a great salad sandwich. Do tell. All right. Very fresh uh, Wonder Bread.
0: The freshest Wonder Bread. You want want that fresh out of the factory Wonder Bread.
1: You know, they sell the the loaf is way too big. (laughs) You know, they should sell a a smaller loaf.
0: (laughs) Yes, we want an artisanal Wonder Bread. So
1: Wonder Bread, a lot of mayo. Uh, Butter lettuce, thinly sliced uh, uh, avocado, uh, heirloom tomato, could have some uh, green onion. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. And, you know, I've tried cheese and it knocks the balance off.
0: So it's kind of like a kosher BLT.
1: It's a BLT with no bacon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an LT. Now, the, the
1: BLT is also pretty wonderful. And there, I lightly toast the bread mm. and I crumple the bacon. So they are um, uh, chips of bacon, not just the, uh, the, the the strip.
0: I'll tell you what I'm loving about what I'm hearing. What? Everything that you're mentioning is very simple. But you get into the weeds with it. You get into the nitty-gritty. You're very detail-oriented with it. Well, you
1: know what? Uh, I I don't make a lot, but if I'm going to make it, I want it to taste good. Yeah. You know,
0: and I I love a good soup. Yeah. soup. A good soup is underrated.
1: Yeah, and you know what? You take chicken and you dice it. You take your vegetables, you dice it. You get a great stock that is not too salty. And and, uh, toward the end, Add a cinnamon stick. Whoa. Holy mackerel. And then just so there is that hint of that flavor.
0: Oh my gosh. It is
1: mind blowing.
0: I've never heard that. And I love that idea.
1: Oh. It's. Oh, it is. De- you know what? I'm going to cut this short because I'm going to have some of that.
0: <laughs> no, come back, come back. <laughs> it's so delicious. I cannot believe it. Cinnamon is always that secret ingredient that you're like that. Something about this dish is elevated. It's usually cinnamon. Yeah.
1: And then you know what? I I have this. Uh, I I have replaced, uh, pasta, with spaghetti squash. Delicious. And a good tomato sauce
0: I do the zucchini noodle as well Ooh. it's also a good alternative to the pasta yeah a zoodle they call it, the kids call it a zoodle the zoodle yeah
1: now do you make the zoodle or is it pre-packaged
0: oh you can buy them pre-packaged but I consider m- myself an artisan of the zoodle yes I have the zoodle machine that you just twist the zucchini into and then it comes out on the other side like a beautiful angel hair zucchini it's it's wonderful oh uh-huh.
1: Oh, I'm going to do that.
0: It's it'll be my gift to you as a zoodle a zoodle maker.
1: I and I appreciate
0: it. Let me say <laughs>
1: uh, that's an early Passover like I'm for finding the Afikoman.
0: Well, it's a good alternative to the chametz that is pasta. Is the zoodle the zoodle? There you I'm go.
1: Loving, I'm loving the zoodle.
0: I think that's what Moses was eating on the way out of the out of into the desert. Was zoodles? I
1: wondered why he was such a good chiseler. <laughs>
0: And it has got to be he just
1: knocked that wood high on zoodle. That's
0: great. That's great. He took the chisel to the zucchini and made zoodles. Yeah, really? What is your desert island food? So you're on a desert island. There's one food you can eat for the rest of your life. You are not going to tire of this dish.
1: Well, I know the dessert. The black and white. There is on 26th Street and san vicente there is the 26th street mart and the farm shop sells a uh an oil uh an olive oil muffin mm. which really is superior and i add to that some mango sherbet and raspberry sherbet a scoop of each okay and i have um you know because i i I I I have a half a muffin a day with that at dinner at uh, my dessert. So I know that's the dessert. What would it be? What I can't live without great pizza. Hmm. You know, Prince Street pizza, Pizzana uh is also great. The people that opened Sprinkles opened a place called Pizzana. Yeah. And the chef is from Naples, and it is very delicious and thoughtful
0: pizza. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, my buddy Paul is writing the cookbook for Pizzana, or he helped write it, and they recipe test every Wednesday at Phil Rosenthal's house. They recipe wow. test yeah. ingredients. You
1: know, Phil Rosenthal is connected with every great taste.
0: He really you know? is. Uh,
1: I, I, it is amazing. He made a lot of money uh, with uh, Everybody Loves Raymond and uses that money to support new chefs. Uh Nancy Silverton. Uh, I mean, just uh, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it, it really is amazing. You talk about a great chef. You talk about Phil Rosenthal.
0: Yeah, he is really a f- almost, I don't want to say a philanthropist of food because, no, he, no, you know, hey. he, he supports talented people. And Yeah,
1: he, he's like the de' Medici family.
0: <laughs> he is. He de' Medici, 100%. <laughs> You know that is so good. So I, I gotta say, I am loving olive oil cakes. Olive oil used in desserts. I think it's such an adult thing. It adds a savory flavor rather than butter. Don't get me wrong. I love butter, but love there's butter. something about the savoriness of olive oil in a dessert that I I don't know. I think it's just the older you get, your maybe you know your your tastes go a little more to to savory, to bitter, to stuff like that. And I just, I can't get enough of it.
1: Yeah, and this is delicious, delicious muffin. I will
0: give it a shot.
1: The olive oil uh, muffin is amazing.
0: Is there a food that you can't stand eating?
1: Uh, Bass. Bass? I had bass once that the texture of the rubbery I don't know bass. I, I, I had it maybe 35 years ago, and it still nauseates the thought of it. Nauseates me to this day. I will not eat bass. Brussels sprouts, wow. cabbage. Well, that that Brussels sprouts also is very hard on my body. Really, uh, there there is a an entire revolt that happens inside my body. But bass, bass is the one thing that um, it just makes me crazy.
0: Interesting. Well, I hope you don't catch any when you go to Idaho and you just have the, mostly
1: uh... I catch trout. Okay. It's actually the only adult book that I've ever written. I never met an idiot on the river and it is, um, my photographs and, uh, everything that I have learned. On the river.
0: Oh, beautiful. Beautiful photos.
1: That's 8 o'clock getting off the river.
0: Wow. You know? And there I am with my trout. I love I, I love trout. Trout is delicious, especially the way... I won't eat it. Oh, you won't eat it? I won't eat it because it is so
1: beautiful and so majestic in nature. Yeah. I catch it. I take a picture. I sank it. I give it a kiss. And I put it back in the river for next year.
0: Ah, there's a bunch of freshly ki- freshly kissed trout in the river in Idaho.
1: Yeah. Oh, and also I sign lanimated pictures, lanimate, lanimated pictures, um, because you never know. So I'm hanging in nests all over the West.
0: <laughs> so you give them a signed headshot and send them on their way. I, I do. I love it. Yeah. Last question. Are you ready for this? This is my favorite question. And I'm curious about this because, Henry, you are... Probably one of the nicer people've I've ever spoken to, especially on this podcast. We've had some evil people on this podcast, but you are a nice guy and, I, and I'm trying to, I'm gonna to try to get the cynic out of you on this one. What is your restaurant pet peeve?
1: Bad bread. Mm. Bad bread. When the bread comes and it really is like thoughtless. Yeah, I know what's coming.
0: Ah, so that's like the canary in the coal mine, the bread.
1: And I love bread. I mean I love starting with bread. Sometimes I get I I get too full on the bread. I love dipping, I love butter, I love the spreads. I love, you know, mm-hmm. bad bread. It really it's so disappointing. My my heart sinks.
0: I 100% agree with you.
1: Now, because of who I am and I and I say this just the way it is, Uh, I've always gotten extraordinary service from the wonderful people who are waiters and waitresses and uh, managers at a restaurant. You know, it is, uh, no matter where I am in the world, it's stunning. I am so grateful. So I can never say anything about the service. The service has always been superior over the last 45 years of my life.
0: I mean, that is... That is the best motivation for anyone to become world famous is you're going to be treated like a god at a restaurant. What's better than that?
1: It's so it's so lovely. You know, there are certain things about being a celebrity that are great. One. And I, 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 I take advantage of this. You don't have to stand online when I get back to the movie theater uh, I, I I'm so dyslexic it's hard for me to order online you know there's a timer and if you don't get everything correct or if you miss something you time out yes I time out by the fourth time I give up <laughs> right. But I never have to stand online to buy a ticket.
0: That's the best.
1: On the street, I can always go up and say, please, um, it's a little difficult. I'll stand inside. I will not cause any trouble. I'll buy my popcorn. And uh, I have always been able to do
0: that. Has there ever been a moment where you weren't recognized by at a place where you should have been recognized?
1: If not, I never. I never take it as a slight. I... That person um, just uh, never saw what I do. I don't remember. I do not remember no. um, that. There, there are people who don't, re- or they recognize me from school. They say, we, we, where do I know you from? I said, we were in
0: science together. You went, right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then they get home and they're like, wait a second. You know, it, it used
1: to be. They didn't have a camera with them at all times when I first started. Right, And so a lot of times it was, oh man, I'm just, you wait here. I'm going to go get film. And I said, sir, I don't think I'm going to do that. Either you've got it or, hey, you've got a picture mentally. And that's what we're doing now. You you wait here. Yeah, that's what I was. uh, I, I don't think I can wait for you to go and buy a roll of film. Right
0: now. There is something a little sad about the fact that anytime anyone, you know, I obviously don't have anywhere near the celebrity status that you have, but I'm, I'm on a couple of, of TV shows and whenever there's something special about the person who meets you has a nice little exchange and then just walks away and that moment was just a moment that you had it it wasn't documented there's no pictures there's no nothing
1: i hear a lot about that on twitter yeah Uh, i love twitter yeah and um people are always saying oh you know we met here we met there and you know, I don't remember the person exactly, but I do remember the place.
0: Right, exactly. So,
1: And that's, the people are lovely to me, I must say. They are lovely to me.
0: Well, you know, I feel like it's because you're lovely to us in uh, the way that you are in the world. Your performances are fantastic. Your performance in Barry is one of the most incredible performances uh, of the last decade, I would say. I uh-huh. mean, it Thank is you. so unbelievable. And uh, it's just, it's nice to hear that you're, that you're, you know, I have a lot of famous friends who don't use their fame to get good food, and I feel like you're using it in the right way.
1: Well, you know, I'll tell you um, to to get a um, a seat in a restaurant where the only person where I never could get a seat in their restaurant is the the chef on Fox, uh, who has about five hundred shows. Oh, Gordon Ramsay. I I would call I I would call his restaurant in England. Oh, eight eight years in a row, and I never could get one seat at a table near the kitchen, and, and that I never have, was able to eat in his restaurant.
0: Really? Yeah. that sounds crazy to me. I feel like he would love to have you. I I don't know, well, but
1: well, whoever works for him sure didn't care.
0: Well, Gordon, if you're listening, you've made an enemy of the nicest person in the world. No, not an enemy. <laughs>
1: just don't watch his
0: show (laughs) exactly (laughs) henry thank you so so much for joining me i really really appreciate this what are your social handles if you'd like the oh
1: uh h winkler for the number four real h winkler for real and what a pleasure to chat with you i this is my very first time in all of my interviews that i've ever done just food.
0: Well, that's what the podcast is about because I feel like everyone, no matter who, has a relationship to food and, it's, and people are curious about it. Oh,
1: now, if people are listening in LA, I would I w- like to make one last recommendation. Please. In Venice, on Rose Avenue, there is a place called All-American or the American Beauty. I think it's called American Beauty. And it's called the W-I-N, W-I-N dough because you order it win and you pay it dough Cute. the dough, and their burger is it never ceases to be great what
0: makes it so special
1: i am not sure the bun mm. they the well-done fries and their and their dessert is called it's it from San Francisco, mm-hmm. it is a uh, an ice cream sandwich with um, uh, a um, uh, I, a cookie, but I it, it has kind of like I don't know a little bit of a cinnamon taste, a uh, oatmeal raisin cookie, vanilla ice cream thing that is oh my gosh.
0: Oof. Oh well, I, I hate to cut this short, Henry, but I gotta go get that uh burger. So <laughs> I'm doing your bit. Uh, can you just tell us quickly about your books? By the way, tell me, I, I I didn't know you were such a prolific author.
1: Well, my my partner and I, honest to God, on mo- on on last Monday finished. The third volume of Alien Superstar: Thirteen-year-old must leave his planet, repressive government lands on Earth on the only um, address they know, the back lot of Universal Studios, and I don't know how this happened, but gets a job as an alien on a sitcom, and there are there are two of them out, Alien Superstar. Uh, Lights, Camera, Danger, and the third one we just turned in. Um, The other one is about me as a a dyslexic. Hank Zipser, the world's greatest underachiever, and he's a very funny, resourceful guy who just can't get school, but he is a great friend, and he figures it out um, the problem uh, his own way.
0: Hmm. I got a D in salami. I got a
1: D in salami. And he's so embarrassed, he drops his report card in his mother, who owns the deli on 72nd Street in in New York City, and he drops it in the meat grinder. And every time they cut a piece of salami, there's another D. And the metal clasp of the uh, Manila envelope.
0: I, I'm telling you, one day you 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 have to open up a, a deli, Henry. It's got to happen. Oh my goodness! It's got to happen, and I'll be the first one in line. I'll, I'll 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 try to cut the line, but you know, then they'll tell me to get back in the line. You know what?
1: You will be able to. <laughs> if somebody says, "Hey, I heard you on Dan's uh, podcast," <laughs> they're in.
0: Okay, wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Henry. Such a pleasure and an honor. I really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. Take care. Bye. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Stephen and edited by Jordan Aaron. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan and the interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really important to us, guys. Please do it.